Hey guys, good morning. I thought I would record part two, turning water into wine. And it's really taking the, the mighty waters that give birth within you, the spirit within you that creates, and it's the, the power of God to create. And so it's taking that spirit and uh, fertilizing and bringing forth anything that you want in life. And so we we're taught in scripture that all things are already completed and everything's good. And he's set before us life and death. There's a smorgasbord of life in front of us, and we can choose anything we want. That's literally what it says. And so we're going in the in John 2, as we, we talk about turning water into wine and the cleansing of the temple. <clears throat> I think I'll give you a little better idea what it is. You're the temple. So all these stories take place within you. And uh, when they're interpreted, how it was interpreted um, in Western thought, they completely missed it. And uh, it's probably almost 180 degrees different and better uh, than what than what you were taught and so people often go so you're saying i go no it's a thousand times better what it really says and so they they think that uh, i'm dismissing things and uh, the reality of christ which is the anointing within you which uh, the christ is in you the spirit is in you the kingdom is within you <laughs> salvation is within you everything's within it's from the inside out and <clears throat> so it's not in the first covenant man to enter into the woman this is from the womb from the inside out the second covenant. So the whole idea of Passover was going from this first covenant, the old covenant of two people coming together in intimacy, which proved that God was in them because they could create life from the mighty waters of the, the womb of the man and the woman that uh, uh, created life with no effort on your own, which is grace. Grace is Cain, and it literally is uh, the seed or life that comes from the inner chamber. It's literally the definition of grace. So from the inside out, there's no works on your own, which is really interesting. <clears throat> and so anyway, um, because uh, they've misinterpreted the two covenants, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the, we see in the, the Old Testament it says the woman saw that the branch of the man, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil was good, and she partook of it. So this is the first wedding feast, guys. It's physical intimacy. She partook of that, and uh, her eyes were open to see that she was God. And now everybody's turned it into something really negative, like God was mad and threw him out of the garden and missed it. And it says, there, there's another way back into the second covenant. It's uh, between the two halves, the two cherubs up here, and the sword, which is the finished work of man, number seven, which he's got an anointing or glistening on his head. But that is the sword that's within, is what it says. It turns within. So it's the completed work within. So it's first is the physical covenant, which proves that God's within you. The second one that you're all invited to partake in is when you realize you're one with the Father where the, you can take the spirit within. There's no outside womb of a woman. You don't need the need of any man or witness of any other man. This is in the secret place where the ultimate is, is the new birth, obviously. You, be, you realize who you are, one with God. God became man so that man could learn to become God. And that's the Passover where you go from the first covenant <clears throat> where those waters dry up. and uh, But the, the wine, the second covenant, the best is saved for last. This one never runs out. And once you start to get those two covenants, two, two anointing oils, you know, you have the oil of a man and the woman and the anointing of the spirit within yourself. Every one of you doesn't need a, a womb outside of you. This is the womb within you that gives birth and creates from within. And so wine is misinterpreted too, or the blood. Blood was the juice of the grapes or wine. And so <laughs> we see in the Jewish rites of purification in John 2, and I'll go through these briefly. But I just want to just give you the, the whole imagery of what this is all about, because to me, um, people have been taught so much about God, and you must learn to believe these certain ways, and they call that faith. Um, 
it's really indoctrination in my opinion, where you must believe these things, then you'll be in the faith versus you coming to know you've personally experienced, you have a knowing you've personally experienced test me and see is what it says, test to see the anointings within you prove to yourself that the anointing was in you, that you can create any kind of life that you want. And so they've been taught, you must believe these creeds, you must believe these things, and that is the faith. And they use fear to keep you from anything other than that. So they've completely kept people from how to experience faith on their own, which is you can take any idea and what you command and speak within in the secret place with no observation outside. Uh, so what you let go or what you conclude or speak within yourselves and what you image within yourselves, the minute you conclude something, go, this is who I am, or this is how my life is going to be, it immediately starts to take it from the inside out and bring it into physical existence. It takes it from the spirit realm and brings it into the power of God, into the physical existence. And that's the second, that's the second wedding feast. So that uh, uh, the water turned into wine, wine was the juice of the grapes, and the life is in the blood is what it says. So blood was the juice of the grapes. <clears throat> it was the anointing that comes from... Uh, so they, they misinterpreted blood as like, oh, somebody's got to die. And, and that doesn't make any sense. These are two love covenants. Blood was uh, when two come together and the release of life, the juice of the grapes that creates the unlimited power of God within. That was the wine of the grapes. The life is in the, in the blood. It was the, the wine, the juice of the grapes. So let's go, let's go to um, uh, John 2. And this is just a review because I find that a lot of times it has to go over and over and over. Um, so people get it. <clears throat> All right. And I'm not going to take a lot of time. I just want you to get this because this is really about you experiencing God within. Then you'll have faith within yourself that this is real. So anyway, the wedding at Cana, <clears throat> excuse me. So there's two wedding feasts. First one is when you partake, a man and woman partake of themselves. They, there's, it's called a feast. It's called joy. There's, there's, they feed on each other. Now, this is a different wedding feast than when at, wedding at Cana. Now, first sentence, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Now, because the West has always interpreted this as it's three literal days, they've completely missed the meaning. Where else have we seen three? Three days in the belly of the fish. Uh, Jesus in the tomb, three days, three nights. Three is something very in interesting. So let's just, three is the two become one, the full orb work of God. And let's just look at day real quick. <clears throat> because... It can be a physical day, light, etc. Um, and if you go look at this in Hebrew, it's really fascinating. But here's Hebrew, <clears throat> a day. All right. And it's Yad Mem with a Vav in the middle. So Yad Mem is C. <clears throat> and Yad Mem is the finished work or the strength of God. And Mem is the mighty waters. Uh, the, and the, the, the Mem on the end of a word, guys, is closed. So this isn't an open womb. This is a closed womb. <clears throat> meaning it's not bleeding anymore. Um, it's the mighty waters that give birth. And man is in the middle. So man is completely immersed in the sea or the finished work of the mighty waters that create. So he's completely immersed in the spirit. So this is a, a different wedding feast. This is partaking of the second covenant, guys, is what this is all about. <clears throat> and that wedding feast or union took place at Cana of Galilee. Now, Cana, as I showed you, um, Cana... If you get right down to it, uh, Hebrew. <laughs> so the Greek was translated out of Hebrew, guys. So they don't even try. Like, we don't know what this is. <clears throat> Cana. Cana. Kaf, noon, hey. 
Kaf is the last header, what comes from. Um, this is the second covenant, remember. So this is the last head. This is right up here, guys. This comes within when your own mind is the seed or the life, which comes from what you behold. Hey is the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and it's an open window. So what you behold or what you see <clears throat> gives life from the last head. Isn't that interesting? And it's from Galal, Cana of Galilee. And Galilee, like I said, is uh, the lamed, the rod of rods of the camel. So this is something, this is a, um, the completed work that's rolled out from the rod within your mind. <clears throat> and it says, Jesus, or Yahweh is salvation's mother, is in this place, right? And mother, it's different from woman, as you, all those are used, but mother, it's really interesting if you get into it, or did I just passed it somewhere? Uh, mother, mother, literally, figuratively, you know what, is this isn't, <laughs> it's spinning, it's not loading, it hasn't loaded the less. <clears throat> uh, oh, here it is, sorry. I was looking for something down here, but it's right up here in Thayer's and Strong's. It's Om, Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is the ox, the strength of God, the servant of the mighty waters that create. So it says this, uh, this is a little slow, it's spinning. <clears throat> so this wedding union happens completely within yourself, which is I am. And you're all invited to partake of this. And then we see that the first wine ran out. <clears throat> and it says that the, this has nothing to do with you because the best wine is yet to come. So yeah, don't worry about where the first wine of the first covenant runs out, which typically happens about Pentecost when you completely immersed in the spirit. The, the spirit has replaced the first, the first waters of the first covenant. Uh, right around 50, which is interesting, is because um, noon, that life of the seed, is the number 50 in Hebrew. And it says, no, this doesn't concern us. <clears throat> that's, not, that's not what this is about. I've saved the best wine. And then it says six water jars. So six is always man. So the Jewish rites of purification was um, when the man when the man would sprinkle, would take the branch and sprinkle his blood or the juice of the grapes on the two-leaf gates of the woman, guess what would happen? She went from unclean, having her period, because they said when she's not pure, unclean, doesn't mean she's not clean. It just meant she was uh, not giving birth. She was having her, her period. But when the branch of the man sprinkled the blood on the doorposts of the gates, guess what? She became clean. Now, once the period stops, she becomes fertile, and she's able to experience the, the miracle-working power of God, God within. So this is a different purification. This is a purification within, guys. So the temple that's going to be purified is, and the next part is within you. <laughs> I'll kind of show you the imagery. I don't want to have time to get into it. But it's not Jesus running around with a little literal whip um, chasing people out. <clears throat> it, I'll, I'll show you some of the imagery there. It's you partaking of this wedding feast within you that you can create anything you want from the spirit within you've partaken of this wedding feast. And if you if that temple within yourself has become clean, that means you now are, are, are fertile. You, you've personally experienced this wedding feast and you can create life or the unlimited power of God from within because uh, the waters have, the, you're not having your period anymore. The woman with the issue of blood is an instance. And so it says, now you, you've been fertile within, you can fertilize yourself within and you've learned you can create life from within yourself. And this is the best wine. And then it's, and then it says, uh, 
Um, Jesus performed this as first signs at Cana Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Let me just show you that real quick again. So that's verse 11. <clears throat> Disciple is you've personally come to know it yourself. You have a knowing like, whoa, when you in the in scripture, it says when you knew a woman, it meant you had, you had intimacy with that woman. Now you have intimacy within yourself, the, the Christ within you, the anointing within you. So this was the beginning of the sign that salvation is in the last head, that what you behold within gives birth and is the finished work of the rod of rods. And thus revealed the doxa or the weight within yourself. And you can believe within yourself and experience it for yourself. That's what it says. Now you've learned and experienced this yourself and you have faith that this is within you. The second birth, the second act of creation from within, the last head that creates life from within itself by what you see and behold or speak within. All right, let me get back to you. I think you, I'm probably only going to go over like one other verse here. Um, I've got this a little too wide. All right, so if the first cleansing of the temple was was a woman being impregnated by a man, so her period stops, so now she goes from unclean to clean, the second one is you realize who you are. You realize that now you can create within. And so if you haven't created with anything within, your waters are still running. You haven't turned the water into wine. That spirit within you can be the juice of the grapes and you can fertilize and create anything within yourself is what it says. So let's go down here. <clears throat> after, the, after this, after that you, the glory within yourself was revealed and you believed that and partaken of this in yourself, after this, after that you've just come to experience it and believe this happened within yourself. After this, it says, he went down. It doesn't say that. It's one verb. It's one word. From a higher land to descend, from kata. So you've come from the higher place and brought it into the physical in Capernaum. Now, again, if you're just going to take this literally and not go look, what, is, what does this mean? Every word means something. Of Hebrew origin, probably kafar and nachum, meaning we don't know what this is. <clears throat> so kafar is really interesting. Kafar is kaf pe resh. Oh shoot! You know what? I've got my Hebrew for Christians here somewhere. I've I've taught on the the, the magnificent power of the kaf within you, but uh, pe is to <clears throat> uh, what comes out of the opening of the head or to command, and resh is your head. So kaf. I'm, going to, I'm just going to read this in HebrewForChristians.com. You can go look it up, the letter Kof. It says this, Kof are the initial two letters of the Hebrew words koach, potential, and poel, actual, meaning all things are possible, potential, and everything's already created. And poel, you can choose whatever you want to bring into the actual. Kof enables the hidden power of the spirit. Doesn't this sound right? Go within, Jesus says, and whatever you do within, the whole world's going to see without. So he's talking about what creating from within. It's the latent or hidden power of the spiritual, the potential to be made into the physical. That's the letter, Hebrew letter, cough. So you can take any potential and bring it into the physical, cough, by what you command within your head. That's where you dwell. That's the village. That's where you're dwelling. So after you've realized, oh, come on, it's a little slow. So here, <clears throat> what he's saying, after this glory has been revealed within you, dwell there. And then his mothers and brothers and disciples, and they stayed there a few days. You're not even going to get close to what this means. Equally, or namely, his auto. So this is within yourself, mother. And I already showed you that. 
It's the strength of the mighty, the might, the mighty power of God of the waters within yourself and brothers. It's, this is really interesting. If you go look at it, a brother, <clears throat> Alpha, which is the first letter of the Hebrew or Greek, but it's Alpha would be Aleph in Hebrew. The one womb, Alpha womb, the one womb from the same womb, Alpha womb. Now this is really, <laughs> according to Hebrew, the use of Om or Ech, sorry, this is Chet. It's the strength of God in the inner chamber. So you've experienced that the strength of God in the inner chamber in your own womb is what it's saying, guys. That's the offspring created from within yourself. And, and his disciples, it says, you're within yourself, you've come to know this. And <clears throat> abide, they stayed. It says abide in that place. A, a few, what a bad translation. <clears throat> High number. Does that sound like a few? Many. The, 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 the poly. Poly means a lot, a ton. Like, uh, <laughs> like, for, like a polygon, many sides. Poly is many, a few. It says, this is very abundant days. Again, if you're just going to look at a day again, oh, I stayed there for a few days. You're going to miss it completely. It's, this is abundant and your complete man, Yod Mem, the sea, man is completely immersed in the finished work of the waters of the spirit. That's what it's saying, guys. <clears throat> and then if you go look, it says the imagery, it says, uh, <clears throat> and he drove out. Oh, it's, there's an exchange. This is talking about going from one covenant to another covenant. There's an exchange that happens within. You go from the old covenant to the new covenant. And he made a whip out of cords and drove them out of the temple. Guys, if you go look at it, it's flagellum. If you remember from high school science, the flagella, it says there's a flagella. He's talking about, you're creating this intimacy within. There's a flagella that's like a cord within yourself. It's not some guy out there taking a whip and whipping somebody out. And he's saying within you becomes this marketplace, this, this place where there's life and lots of coins. And at the very end, and he was in Jerusalem for Passover feast. Many people saw the signs he was doing and believed in his name or nature. And you don't need anybody else. Because Jesus did not entrust himself to them. You don't need anybody. For he knew them all. It doesn't say that. It says, for everyone within will know. All of you are going to know within. You're not going to need the testimony or witness of anybody outside. This is a birth within you. He did not need the testimony of an anthropos or witness of an anthropos for Within himself, he knew, he became uh, particularly aware of what he could do, what was in himself. He didn't need somebody else. He realized, every man's going to realize this is in themselves. That's turning water into wine and cleansing the temple. So how does this work, guys? I'm trying to show you that um, uh, when they went down to <clears throat> Capernaum, I don't think I finished all that. So it's from Kafar which is kaf pay resh, taking any potential from the spirit into the physical by what you command or pay, speak within your head. And nachum is really interesting, another Hebrew. Nacham. And once you start to get the hang of this, you really get it. To console oneself, sorry within oneself. Um, but check this out. To comfort, 
breathe pantingly. So this is saying, he's trying to give you the imagery of this is, an, this is a, uh, a wedding feast to become one in intimacy within yourself. You breathe pantingly, nacham, and noon is the seed or life in the inner chamber of the waters within the inner chamber. So this is intimacy, having passionate intimacy within yourselves. So therefore, <laughs> it says, take any desire you have. Ask, you shall receive. Why? So you can receive the wedding feast or the joy within yourself. You can receive anything you ever want. Everything's available to us, guys. So if everything's available, choose something glorious. Choose a, a divine life, etc. Now, I'll just give you one example that this came up. And I realize the nature of God that will be forever and ever is I am that I am. How you see yourself or speak within yourself, whatever let go, whatever you command or, or conclude within yourself, this is who I am, is who life reflects. It's really an interesting man completely immersed in the spirit, the finished work of God, the yam, the sea of the waters that create from within himself, not the mighty waters of, the, the, of a man and woman intimacy. This intimacy, this heavy panting is within yourself. Um, here's a for instance. And uh, this just came up. And I hear this a lot. I would not go down the road of thinking anything you don't want to personally experience. And it could, this, this came up just with some business things and people were worried about the economy and inflation, et cetera. And so that's an if. True prayer is believing I have already received something. It's gratitude, it's thankfulness because you've already experienced it. You've already received it. So prayer is not, oh, please, God, can you change this? If it's your will, that's not prayer. That's identifying with the problem and getting worried about the problem. So you start to experience the problem. Judah, yada, the praise of God of I am is this intimacy within. True prayer as gratitude for what you've already know that you've received. That's prayer. So that's why I always go in prayer uh, with our prayer team, especially I go, don't tell me the problem, guys, because that mentally you've gone down the road. True prayer is, thank you, Father, that I've received this. You're, you're expressing your gratitude of who you are and what you already have. And now hardly anybody does that, right? Like I said, because they've been taught faith is believing a certain creed or believing a, a certain doctrine. And here's what the scriptures say. And if you deviate from that at all, then you're not in the faith. So they've completely missed teaching people how to have faith or experience it within themselves. Faith is realizing that anything I speak, anything I see within myself is taking that spirit, that water, and turn it into the juice of the grapes, creating life out of it. That's turning water into wine. And you can take that spirit and bring any potential into physical existence is what it say at Capernaum. The, the intimacy within yourself Kafar, Nahum. <laughs> it's so good, actually. It makes me laugh. So anyway, um, they were like, well, what about this? And what about this inflation, et cetera? And honestly, my, I've trained my mind not to go down there because if I go, oh, what if this happens? And what if that happens? Does that sound anything like, thank you, Father, this is what I've concluded in myself and this is how it's going to be because I realize the kingdom has been given to me and the glory has been given to me that what I do within is God himself doing it. It's the work of God himself bringing it to pass, not my own efforts. It's the mighty waters of God within me bringing it to pass. So if you want to experience the negatives of what about inflation? What about this? What about the economy? 
I promise you, you're, you're thinking about things you don't want to experience versus you could go, this is how it's going to be because the kingdom's on my shoulders. And I can take any and go, this is what my business is going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what my life is going to be. This is how my health is going to be. This is how my marriage is going to be. I can take anything and turn that spirit into wine, the juice of the grapes. And don't go down the road of what if or if, because if is not, I've already received. So this, this was just in the business example. So inflation, whatever. Hey, all things work together for good. Here's another thing. There's no loss in the kingdom. So if you've experienced a, a temporary loss or you think you've lost something, it's just a transfer of energy. Is your own thoughts have brought this. Nothing's gone in the kingdom, guys. You can simply take that potential and bring it right back. So you've lost everything. You can go, but you haven't lost the waters that never fade, guys. You can go, huh, nothing's lost in the kingdom. I see myself as already partaking of this and everything works for my good. In fact, I'm going to come back even stronger. And you see yourself enjoying life as if nothing happened. In fact, you see yourself so invigorated, so full of abundance, more abundance than you ever had before. And now you've taken the water into wine and you bring that literally into physical existence. So don't go down the ifs or what if or whether the government, what about this? No, prayer, conclude within yourself, lay gay within yourself. What you speak and say within yourself is the second wedding feast, and you can determine what that is. So I don't worry about the inflation. I go, no, this is what my business is going to do. Thank you, Father. I've received this. And the whole world bends, shapes, and molds, even if it's just for me, even if it's just for your business. Everybody else can be flailing. You don't participate in that. The king of God's on your shoulders. Bring anything you desire into physical existence. That's part two. Hope that helps. God bless, guys.